You put your whole self in, you take the excuses out, you let autophagy win. While stem cells grow and sprout, you cleanse, detox, and gut build balance hormones up yourself out. That's what resetting is all about. Okay, resetters, Dr. Mindy here. And on this episode, I got to pick the brain of one of my hormone heroes, Dr. Carrie Jones. So if you guys have been following me or you've read my book, you know that I am a huge fan of the Dutch test. The Dutch test will let you know what your hormones are doing, will let you know what your adrenals are doing. It is just, I think every woman should have the Dutch test in their hands. Well, Dr. Carrie Jones is the developer of the Dutch test. So we dove into some of the findings that I see in my clinic. We've done over thousands, thousands of Dutch tests in my clinic. We've talked about what, what controls sex hormones, what we can be doing on our own to manage and, and, and balance our hormones as we go through menopause. Um, she is a true hormone expert, and um, it, it was such a pleasure to pick her brain and to bring you guys a whole nother layer of understanding of your hormonal health. So enjoy. Hey, Recenters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy. And I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. Okay, welcome everybody. I am incredibly excited to bring to you this next guest. So a lot of you guys heard my interview with Dr. Zach Bush on Friday, and I am so excited to bring you Dr. Carrie Jones because she has a wealth of information on hormones and anxiety and we're going to dive into a lot of topics, but let me start off by just welcoming Dr. Carrie Jones. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you reached out and we got to connect and here we are. So yeah. yay. Beautiful. So as I told uh, Dr. Jones before we got on, just to fill you all in, is that I adore her Instagram. If you guys have not followed her, are you on any other platforms or are you just on Instagram primarily? I'm, well, I'm on Facebook, but it's tied in Twitter, but they're tied in. Like anything I post on Instagram just gets like auto-populated. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, she, I mean, the, here's what I adore about your Instagram is that you're straightforward, you're helpful, you give good information. Like this is not a waste of anybody's time. Like you can go and follow you and, and what you have to say is just really profound. 
So thank you for everything you're doing there. Yeah. And then the the other th- reason I wanted to bring Dr. Jones on is because we're such a fan of the Dutch test. And I, I don't know, what's your official title with I'm precision? a medical director. I'm the medical director there. So okay. funny enough, just the, the lab opened in like June of 2012. And I started volunteering for them um, in maybe like December 2012, January 2013. So I'm one of the originals. Now, wow. wow. Almost since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, um, we'll talk about the Dutch test at some point here because it is our favorite hormone test. And, you know, our clinic, my online world, we're dealing so much with um, women over 40. And I wanted, I want to dive into that a, a little bit as well. But we have to start this conversation off with a IGTV I saw of yours yesterday. And it was around anxiety and the amygdala and how we all are, could be quite hyperreactive right now. Yeah. And as a 50-year-old woman going through menopause, my first thought was like, this is messed up. Like I'm already, my progesterone's already the lowest it's ever been. I'm already dealing with menopausal anxiety. And now you're going to put this on top of it. Right. So, this and everything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's like the last, you know, I'm, we obviously we take it very seriously, but it's like the last thing the world needed right now in regards to like our anxiety yeah. <laughs> for women. Yes. So help us understand. Cause you had, a, you had like 30 different things and, but help us understand like what is going on with that anxiety part of our brain and what can, especially the woman over 40 do right now to calm herself in this crisis. You know, I made that video because I had a lot of people, um, wanting to know why, you know, why, why obviously right. What's happening right now is extremely anxiety provoking and fear and panic provoking for the whole world. Absolutely. But I had people who were writing going, I feel like I'm having an over response. Like I've completely shut down. I feel like I've completely frozen. I don't know what to do. And I don't know why, like normally I get anxiety, but I can actually put one foot in front of the other. And this is, this is, this seems over the top. And so I created it because I was, um, I, I feel like when you understand the why behind what's going on, then it's easier to, to point and identify and be like, oh, that's what's, that's what's happening. That's why I'm having so much more anxiety and fear and panic and hypervigilance. And so the way I explain it, it's very, it's very simplified. Obviously, anxiety and fear and panic is a multifactorial kind of complicated thing. But if we look for, focus on four hormones, if we focus on cortisol, if we focus on your, your other stress hormones, epinephrine and norepinephrine, which we lump together kind of as adrenaline, noradrenaline. And then we add in your a neurotransmitter called glutamate. Glutamate is an excitatory hormone that in our brain that we need. Too much is not good, but we need, we need a fair amount. And then our calming, relaxing hormone that you talk about, right? We, GABA. GABA is our relax, inhibit, yep. sleep, anti-anxiety. Like women like GABA, you know, that's what- Yeah, we love GABA. Calm <laughs> and sane. That's why our yes. kids haven't been killed and, you know, yeah. we stay married. <laughs> yeah, <guess>. exactly. <laughs> Thank God for GABA. Thank God for GABA. And so what happens is when we have too much cortisol and too much epinephrine, norepinephrine, and too much glutamate pounding this part of the brain called the amygdala, the amygdala is an emotion-based memory part of your brain. There's a lot that I'm just simplifying it, but emotion-based. So when you, when you are triggered by something and, a, and emotions come to the surface and it's fear, it's hypervigilance, it's anxiety, it's the amygdala that helps put that into play. Now, once or twice, not a big deal. It's to protect us, right? Like we're going down a dark alley and we get this sense of like, wait a minute, I should be really fearful. I should be hypervigilant. I should maybe run. I should maybe find light. And it, again, it's protective, but when it's, when it's everyday events and then we get a big event on top of it, like COVID right now, the amygdala has this fast track system that goes right to fear, panic, hypervigilance. There's, there's no logical processing. There's no stop and like, you know, we should probably think this through. We should probably just be prepared. It's going to be okay. Like, yeah, have a healthy amount of fear, just, you know, anxiety. But at the same time, like we're one foot in front of the other, like the amygdala is like, no, 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 no. We're going to go right to panic. (laughs) We're going to go right to anxiety. We're going to go right to fear. And so it's, it's just this fast track that happens. We just snap, right? The, The amygdala is just like, whoa, this is too much. And so in these instances, whereas before you might just have felt anxious in the everyday, you add this on top of it, these hormones are pounding the amygdala and the amygdala just fast tracks the only emotion it knows, which is fear, 
which leads to panic, anxiety, hypervigilance, aggression in some people, mood swings, right? Like we just get our patience runs thin. We, we, we alternate between angry and, you know, freaked out. We don't sleep. We, we snap at our family. We, or we do the opposite. We go inward and we have a hard time, um, you know, getting off the couch or, or doing anything. And so when I can explain this to people like, oh, there's this little gland in your brain that's, that's fast tracking your emotions. And we just, we have to nip that fast track in the bud. Then it's for a lot of women there. I had so many write me after the fact and go, just knowing that I could, like, I had one woman who wrote and goes, she goes, I talk to that gland now. I tell my amygdala, like, we're going to logic, you need to logical process this. Like, yep. you know, <laughs> yep. we're gonna, we, you're, you're reacting too quickly. You need to slow your roll. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so true. And I think just knowing it is so powerful because I can tell you, like, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time analyzing my menopause journey and realizing that as hormones shift and decline, like how I never at 40, I didn't really actually appreciate my hormones very much. At 50, I'm like <laughs> labeling them, naming them, talking to them, analyzing them, like doing everything possible because you... Yep it's so easy to look at stress outside of us mm -hmm. and say, it's that is why I'm I'm feeling this way on the inside. But what I hear you say, what I'm hearing you say is that we're just getting locked in that amygdala yes. and it's yes. just firing so fast right now. Yeah. Especially right now. And, yeah. and even before right now, for a lot of people think PTSD, you know, just, you know, these people who chronic panic attacks, um, just a lot of people were already struggling and, and then this just, just takes it to the next level. And for the people who are sort of mild, low level anxiety, um, or, you know, mild, low level, fearful, fear-based people, you know, they make, um, people who make mountains out of molehills like this just throws it right over the edge, unfortunately, is when it comes to their emotions, because that gland doesn't know any better. It's getting conditioned over and over and over, yep. like be fearful, be fearful, be fearful. And so, so we are, so we yep. do. And so by just by knowing that, it, like I said, it can, so there's, there's a lot of um, ways to stop it, but it, sometimes it's just nice when you feel fear and anxiety, you can be like, wait, no, my amygdala is overreacting, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if, you can't, outside of you. if you can't say amygdala, right? If you can't remember, just be like, yeah, <laughs> my brain is just, it's just being snappy and, you know, like I can stop this. I can stop this. And so what, what are your thoughts before we go on to what you can do to <laughs> calm this thing down? What are your thoughts on things like watching the news or talking to that friend that's totally spun up right now? Uh, yeah. How do you feel like that's going to impact the amygdala? Huge. Because that's, it's, that's just information overload, right? And I, and, I'm, and I tell people there's a difference between aware and, and conscientious, right? There's a, a um, you know, I want to know if... Um, for example, I live, I actually live in the state of Washington, but the state below me, which is just literally across the river, the state of Oregon, the governor is ex ordering, she's going to have an executive order that's going to come out today. And so as somebody who works in the state of Oregon, I want to know what's the governor going to say, but I'm not glued to the TV. I'm not reading every single article that comes out and every expert and then every, you know, comment. And, and I, because I feel like that just revs it up and just triggers, triggers, triggers. And, and I get that feedback from people, men and women, men and women who were like, I can't get off social media. I can't get off, you know, the news. I can't get off CNN. And I, and I've just spiraled and I'm like, yep. right. Cause everybody's saying the same thing, gloom and doom, gloom and doom. And the amygdala just continually receives that message of, um, you know, be fearful. And so yeah. it is, it, that's, it's emotion-based. It's not an action-based gland. It's an emotion-based gland. Mm -hmm. If we had an action-based gland, then we would, it would be great because we would be fearful and then we would get up and do something. You know, it's not, it's not action-based. Yeah, so true. Are you familiar with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work? Yes. Yeah. And one of the things I love is this idea that the more we think these thoughts over and over again, we just keep hardwiring yep. those neurons. So yep. you have to change yep. the thought. So, That's okay. Plasticity, again, right? Plasticity. Yeah, plasticity. Yep. So mm -hmm. before we dive into other hormonal talks, so what can we do about right now? Like, what can we do about the amygdala? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a big fan of anything that you can do. But, I mean, I like the supplements and we'll talk about that, but anything you can do just for yourself. So easy things, it's saying statements, right? It's, I am safe. I, you know, it's, it's my amygdala. I am healthy. I'm happy. Grounding techniques. Um, and when you're spinning, sometimes just saying the obvious, my name is Dr. Carrie Jones. I'm in my house in Washington. I'm sitting at my desk. Today is Monday. My dog is at my feet. Just like 
bringing the, the brain back to reality of what's happening right now. Um, and those are true statements, by the way. My dog is literally up. <laughs> um, and then even to break the process, um, grounding again, things like washing your hands in cold water. We're washing our hands anyway, so make sure it's really cold water. Putting your hands in cold water, holding an ice cube, anything that breaks the neural um, transmission and, and refocuses other other places is really helpful. Just like you were saying, what Dr. Dispenza says is where um, your brain doesn't know any better other than what you tell it. So if you write down, uh, you know, if you put it on sticky notes, if you have the pop-up reminders in your phone, just like quick, easy, positive statements about you and what's happening for you right then can be really helpful. And obviously if, if it's, um, you know, if you need help, get help. Don't feel like a martyr. Don't feel like you have to, you have to li- like, oh, well, everybody else is suffering. So I'm going to suffer too. Like mm-hmm. there so many counselors, therapists, coaches have gone online and they're there for, to help you. All the crisis lines um, for suicide, for depression, if you just want somebody to talk to, you know, they're all, they all have textability now. So yeah. you, can, you can text them and a counselor or therapist will text you back and, and just, um, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to go through this alone and don't feel like you are alone. The, the hundreds of, you know, and thousands of people that comment and write and what have you on social media are like, this is exactly what I'm going through also. Mm-hmm. And so reaching out to family and friends, watching your, watching this, right? It's like, what get you know, do the fun stuff, mm-hmm. you know, do, do FaceTime, do Zooms, do, you know, watch really funny cat memes, watch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Memes, you know, like, and just laugh and play, watch Disney movies, but the funny ones, you know, like yeah. just, you don't, you don't watch documentaries for the, for the love of God. Yeah, I've had yeah. several people yeah. like, oh, Dr. Jones, here's all these documentaries I suggest. And it's, you know, it's about outbreaks and, oh God, no. you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, what, no, you know, vaccine stuff. I'm like, this yeah. is not what I need to watch right now. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up down a, a path of research on conspiracy theories last oh, week. Yeah. And then I felt af- I felt horrible afterwards. I was like, I can't do that anymore. Like yep. I need, so I got into, uh, do you watch uh, Ellen DeGeneres on Instagram? Um, I do now because she's <laughs> calling her friends and checking on them. Oh my God. So my 17 year old son, like I, I sit down with him. I'm like, we're going to watch Ellen. Let's say we watched her try to do a puzzle and uh-huh. like, oh, she's hysterical. And yeah. then I move from that to memes. The memes yeah. right now are, are the best. You know, it's the memes. The memes are what give me hope in, in the American people, to yes. be honest. You know, like people are so, they're still so funny. Yeah. And everyone's taking, well, not everyone, but most everyone's taking this very seriously and they can still generate these memes that hit, they're so true and they, they hit close and they're things we're all thinking and they're all hilariously funny. And I'm like, okay, America's going to be okay because the yeah. meme game is strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. So, so, okay. At the, on your yeah. post too, and I just want to throw this out there for people because you, I, it was like, I was actually in my um, hyperbaric oxygen chamber listening <laughs> to your post and I was like, oh my God, I gotta take notes on this, this was great. Right. So there are supplements that you can take to calm you as well. If you're watching the memes, you're off the news and you're still spinning, talk yep. to us a little bit about some supplements people can take. So, and I want your help too. You, you chime in with things I've forgotten about. So one of my yeah. big favorites is L-theanine. So L-theanine, yeah. which is relatively really pretty safe um, across the board. Um, it helps lower glutamate. So when you are overexcited, mm-hmm. right? Over anxious, over panic, over, over, over. Then glutam- uh, um, theanine helps calm that down. Mm-hmm. So big fan of L-theanine. Um, I'm a big fan of some herbs like passion flower and skullcap. Um, a lot of people just have normal stuff on their shelf. Chamomile tea. A lot of people are into essential oils. Use the calming essential oils right now. You know, put them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Get either. That's really, Bathe really helpful. Them. Don't you, you've got them on your shelf. You're in your drawers, like time to pull them out and start using them. Put them in your baths. Pull that tea out, start drinking it. Absolutely. Um, and so even other things, we talked about hormones, you know, for those women who are on like progesterone, uh, they don't skip your dose because yeah, no, no. that was not the time to skip that your progesterone. <laughs> that no. is going to help raise your um, progesterone when it goes through, breaks down, breaks down, breaks down. One of the metabolites it turns into supports GABA, so calming, relaxing uh, for a lot of women. Another similar hormone is pregnenolone. Pregnenolone will also do the same thing. Um, it will, it'll support GABA in the system. Some of you have GABA at home, the actual supplement GABA. 
which can be really, really helpful. A lot of you have CBD at home. That's my favorite. There's good research to show that quality CBD can actually increase GABA, decrease glutamate. Vitamin B6, don't skip your B vitamins. B6, B12, um, really helpful for making GABA and helping to reduce stress. Um, um, All of the adrenal, adrenal supportive things uh, like ashwagandha, very calming, oleoprococcus, very calming. I'm careful of the stimulatory adrenal herbs right now. Like I don't necessarily recommend licorice. I don't know that I would recommend panics, ginseng, like the fiery things. I don't think people need fired up. We need more calming. Holy basil, one of my absolute favorites. I drink holy basil every single day. It's very calming. You'll find it in teas. You, if, you, if you dare venture out and go to the grocery store, you can buy holy basil. It's called Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I, Tulsi tea. So when you're looking for that chamomile, look for that Tulsi as well. And that can be really, really helpful at just yeah. calming it down. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of CBD. I think mm-hmm. there's so much, I've experienced it with my own self. I see it with my patients. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, the GABA, I just, I'm like obsessed with trying to get GABA in my, in my life. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a couple of ways that we've used. Um, one is, have you ever tr- done four, seven, eight breathing? Yes. Yes. That actually works really well. I always tell the story that when my daughter was, my daughter's 20 now, when she was like 16 and I would walk into the house and she would be like, why are you staring at me? Why did you ask me about my day? (laughs) I I would like remind myself like, oh, it's her, not me. So Mm -hmm. I would actually be in the driveway before I would go in Mm -hmm. and I would do four, seven, eight breathing, a couple of rounds of that before I went in so I could go in calm. Otherwise it was that amygdala a moment where we would just be fighting at each other and I didn't yeah. want to I wanted to be the one that took myself out of the argument right so yeah. another that one and um one of my colleagues post Dr. Kelly had she posted she called there's a um four square breathing so it's mm. right in for four hold for four out for four hold for four so it's right a square four square uh, <laughs> so it's really so for some people who just, just easier to remember four 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 but that similar outcomes right similar outcomes is just um, as far, as far as breathing goes and emotional freedom technique. Do you, uh, I, I, I do it on myself. I'm by yes. no means an expert, but yeah. Tell yeah, us same. about that I, too. I have to follow along the videos cause I, and I yeah. actually have a thing saved in my five, a picture of somebody who did it and I haven't saved my phone. So I remember, so it's a tap, literally like, like a, it's like a tapping thing that you do on your body and it's to help reset neural networks and let things go and, um, help you work through things and center yourself. And you say, um, you say sort of sentences and affirmations as you do, you repeat them. It's, it's, it's not like a paragraph. It's like a sentence that you repeat as you're tapping various areas of your body. And it sounds completely goofy until you do it a few times. And then you're like, oh, this really works. <laughs> like this is yeah. really easy to do on myself. And oh, by the way, I feel better at the end and it can help me just bring it down ground and, and let certain things go. And so emotional freedom technique, EFT, yeah. Google it, YouTube it, you know, look it up on. There's so many resources. There's so many resources. Yeah. It's so simple. So simple. It's not complicated. You can do it on your kids. I have lots of moms mm. that will tap their kids. That's a great idea. And, um, you know, you can do it on your significant other. You know, if if they're you know if they're kind of hyped up and having a hard time, you can actually do it to them while mm. they're repeating after you the affirmation and. I love that. It's so easy. Yeah. yeah. And you will feel like you're doing nothing. Like you'll yeah. laugh at yourself. Oh, yes. The first time I did it, I'm I, like, I'm a science gal. I love the science. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, con- what is yeah. it? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I was so like self-conscious. Yeah. I didn't even want my husband to see me. I was like, oh, he's going to be like, what? You've lost it. What are you yeah. doing to yourself? But it really works. And then you feel better after a couple goes, yeah. you know, and you're just like, oh, wait a minute. And, it, you know, and some, I've had people go, well, it's placebo. I'm like, I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't care, right? Like whatever it takes. If you do, if you feel, if you do emotional freedom technique and at the end you, it brings you from a 10 to a five, like, and you're not panicked anymore and you're centered and you can get up and, and go about life again. Like that's really ultimately all I care about. So yeah. Yeah. What do I yeah. Care? Right. Who cares? And it, you, you know, the placebo is actually quite effective too. Yeah. So we know that now. So yeah. yeah. And then the other one, you know, I told you we do a lot of fasting in our group yes. and 24 hour fasts have shown to produce quite a bit of GABA. Nice. So I now I, I, yeah, I'm like not telling everybody they should fast right now. We're into fasting variation. Like there's a lot of different ways you can mm-hmm. fast. And I'm a big believer in feast, famine, cycling. And 
So, but it does, it is amazing that if you are already metabolically flexible and you can fast and you're, you, you'll find at the end of the day, you're a little calmer because GABA goes up. So, right. right. That doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Yeah. I do. Um, I don't, I do um, 16, eight or 14, 10, sort of depending on how I'm doing. And then like other mornings, what yesterday morning, yesterday morning, I woke up starving and I was like, all right, we're going to eat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Yep. I got the signal. I'm starving at eight in the morning. We're going to go ahead and just eat. And, and yep. I, my body was so much happier. So, and, and that's why I think we call it fasting variation is that mm-hmm. there's, you know, we become zealots for one eating style and I'm like, do them all. They're all great. So, yeah. and they're all the fasts are great. So, Absolutely. okay. Uh, I, I forgot we have, the most important one. Magnesium. Oh, yeah. magnesium. Oh, magnesium. Yeah. About magnesium. And yeah. a lot of people have it at home already. A lot of people have Epsom salt for the bath they never take. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> now's, now's the time. time. <laughs> you have time. You have time, time on your head. Yep. And those oils in your drawer that you never use, the calming oils and the soothing oils, use those, put those in your Epsom salt baths. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to dive into this because this is one of the reasons I brought you on and I just really wanted to pick your brain on it. Yep. Um, just changing topics here. So one of the things that I realized in my own health journey and I see with the, with the women in my clinic is that when we hit 40, there is something hormonally that shifts in us in mm-hmm. such a wicked way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people that when I hit 40, I, I had one goal and that was to fit into my skinny jeans. And at 50, I have one goal and that is like to stay happy and sane so I don't kill everybody around me. <laughs> so there, I had to shift what I thought was already a healthy lifestyle. I really had to shift my, and to meet the demands or the lack of hormones that were happening into me. So right. Talk a little bit about what happens as we move into our forties and we go into perimenopause. I know, like in in ten minutes. <laughs> no, I'm making the sound because it's like I joke all the time. Whoever designed the female body can suck it, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot. I mean, there are a lot of women that actually do really well. They sail into perimenopause and they they're lying. And you know, <laughs> God bless them. We're not talking to you. So yeah. you know, get out of our sandbox. So. But the majority of women, I'm 42, I'll be 43 in June. And every single night when I, if I'm ever hot in bed, I will wake up the next morning and say to my husband, were you hot? Were you hot (laughs) last night? Was it just me? And and our bedroom will start cold and end up, it'll get hot by the end of the night. And my husband's like, no, no, it was actually really hot bedroom last night. I'm like, not today. Oh my God. (laughs) Not today. Yes. And, but yeah, what I call, I call perimenopause reverse puberty. Yes. Because if you remember it, when it's going into puberty, when we're, when we're young teenagers, it's like starting up, um, you know, a brand new machine, you know, like Mm. it has to get going before it can finally produce the thing it needs to produce in our case, it's hormones. And then it gets, it's clunky and it gets going. And that's what puberty is, right? It's clunky Mm -hmm. and it's awkward. And, and these hormones are firing and sometimes they get it right. And a lot of times they get it wrong. And we have all these side effects and symptoms like, you know, mood swings and acne and trying to figure out who we are as people when we're teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we go through life and then in perimenopause, it's, it's, it's the reverse of that. It's the machine is now, you know, like ready to retire. And so it starts to slow down. And as a result, we lose these hormones or these, like sometimes the machine works and sometimes it doesn't. And so sometimes we get great hormones and sometimes we don't, and sometimes we get too many hormones. And so we feel like we're on this crazy unpredictable roller coaster sometimes. And mm-hmm. women start to complain of hot flushes and night sweats and brain fog and skin changes and hair changes and w- the like awesome weight gain. Like who thought of that out right. of nowhere, <laughs> right? Like nothing changes. And 15 yep. pounds later, you're like, I literally didn't change anything. Like, yeah, yep. I know. Freaking sucks. Sucks. You know, and like vaginal dryness, who thought of that, right? Low libido and just, you know, all the things start to happen because these hormones start to come and go as our ovaries are literally sort of working. Yeah. They're working their way out. And sometimes the follicles have the cells to make the hormone and sometimes they don't. And then eventually we're out of follicles and we stop making hormone out of the ovaries. We make them other places just in really tiny, tiny amounts. And now we're, and then we become fully, we lose our cycle and become fully menopausal. But nobody talks about that perimenopausal part. Like until you hit it as a woman and you're like, Why did nobody talk to yeah. us about this? Right. 
what? <laughs> yeah. So, so I just wrote a book. It's called the menopause reset because I've spent the last 10 years trying to reset these ridiculous symptoms. And one of the things I wish somebody had done to the, my 40 year old self is like, tap me on the back and say, I just want to let you know you're in for a heck of a ride. And here are some things that you can do. Yeah. When, I, when I started feeling all of my symptoms, a lot, many of my friends were like five years older than me. And I would go to them and like, you know, tell me, what do I do? And they just shake their head and be like, you know, buck yeah. up. This yeah. is what you can do. And then one day I was actually in at a science fair, my kid's science fair. And I was, we were looking at science projects and one of the other mothers was an OB and I finally, I never talk shop when I'm in a place like that, but I thought, right. well, let me pick her brain, see right. what she's doing for women like me. And I said to her, so tell me, like, what are you doing for women with all these symptoms? And she turned and looked at me and she was like, Mindy, I have a practice full of women like this and my medical textbooks have failed me. I have no idea what to do. What are you doing for these women? Like she didn't know I was talking about myself. Like she was like, what are you doing for these women? Yeah, and, the secret. Yeah. So it made me realize that there are some things that women in general, I think are doing that they just, we don't course correct in our forties and there needs to be a little bit of course correction. So yeah, talk and it's, a little it's, bit about that. It's definitely a, um, like we, we've, is, is women, we generally, I mean, this is a pretty big stereotype, but given that like my practice, like your practice is, was primarily, you know, women. So I've seen lots of women in my lifetime. And now I work for a lab that does lots of lab testing on hormones, primarily on women. So I've had a lot of experience with this. You know, women are the caretakers and they're the doer of all the things. And they, you know, generally are in charge of a lot of the family and just, you know, they're just nurturers generally by trade. And so, when we get, as we get into our forties, we have been able to handle it all generally handle it all. And then we, and, and, and our hormones have been relatively stable, not always, but relatively nothing, nothing, nothing like menopause, you know, generally hits us in our twenties, you know, thirties and, and even early forties for a lot of women. And so, but what happens is um, I describe it as the trampoline effect. So we've always had this really robust trampoline that as women, we bounce on. And when bad things or stressful things or crazy things happen to us, we just bounce right back up. And over time, over the years, our, our trampoline gets thinner and we get more threadbare and sometimes there's holes. And so now as we, when we hit perimenopause, it, it's almost some, for some women, it's like the trampoline's been pulled out from under them. And for others, it's like the holes have gotten bigger and the trampoline's thinner and more threadbare. So when we go to jump, we hit the ground and we don't bounce back like we used to. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's the time of like divorce and our, mm -hmm. and our parents are older and our kids are graduating from high school and going to college and, and we're, or we're struggling with like, you know, depending on when you had children, like the puberty, like you're going into met perimenopause and your daughter's going into puberty. It's awesome. Great timing, <laughs> you know, and it's, and, and, in like job where a lot of women, for a lot of women in perimenopause, they're at the height of their job. If you know, they're, they're senior level, they're leads, they're managers, they're, they're whatever. They've been doing it a long time. They're experts in their field, whatever they've done. And, and, um, and, and so there's just a lot. And then, and then we throw hormonal chaos on top of it. And the body's like, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I have supported you for all these years. I can't, I literally like, this is what, ha I don't know. You're going to have to rebuild your trampoline because like I'm out. Yeah. The ovaries are done. They're getting done and we've lost that support. So it's a big losing the ovaries when the ovaries start to shut down. It's, it's, there's such a huge key part of being a woman and the adrenals rely on them and the thyroid gland relies on them and the pancreas relies on them and the brain relies on them and our skin relies our immune system is like really reliant on estrogen you know like everybody's reliant yep. on the ovaries and when the ovaries start to shut down everybody's like whoa whoa what wait what happened to the ovaries yeah, yeah. And, and as a result that's why like all the systems start to panic because you know, it's like when mom, it's like when you're like, is a mom, right? When I'm like, when a mom has a sick day, right? When the mom is literally sick in bed and the family's like, What's what do we do? Like, yeah. how do we feed the dog? Right. Like, where's the refrigerator? Like, who gets the yep. mail? Yep. Like, how do we, Yeah, you know, like, you know, mom, I know you're sick, but like, how do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about that. I feel like I want to talk about with women is that you literally have an organ that's like, I'm done. Yeah. 
Like yeah. I've served you for a really long time yeah. and now I'm not going to work anymore, but other organs are going to have to take over. Like but nobody tells the other organs. No, <laughs> there's no, no like coordination between, it's not like the ovaries are like, Hey, adrenals and thyroid. So I'm going to, I'm going to be out. Right. You got like a year to figure <laughs> it out and then I'm going to retire, throw me a party, you know, like put me on a cruise. I'm done. Nobody does that. It's the ovaries work. And then uh, gradually they don't. And the adrenals and thyroid are like, I love it. What? Uh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so, okay. So what are the, uh, let's talk about the other organs that kick in and what, <laughs> right. and how can we help them? Because yeah, that, that's one of the sand pits I got myself in. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called Power Sync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us is that we literally created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man, one of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So I, it, this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you got to do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. So PS60 and then my last name, PELS, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off and you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org and you use the code PS60PELS to join all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. Yeah, so I would say big, like big workhorses, I think, um, like big stability workhorses are our blood sugar management mm -hmm. and our HPA. So hypothalamic pituitary adrenal. Um, so our adrenal system. Thyroid is very, very important. But what I have found is that the thyroid often reacts as women get into 40s. It's not their 40s. It's not necessarily a cause per se. However, a fair number of women already have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's or something thyroid going into their 40s. And then it gets worse because they've lost the trampoline and the adrenals aren't doing that great. And, you know, their blood sugar management's not that great. So if we just look at blood sugar management and adrenals, as women get into their 40s, and you talk about this, um, you know, we don't have the ability, our insulin um, um What's the word I'm looking for? Not resistance. Our in, well, we become more insulin resistant, mm -hmm. right? We become mm -hmm. less able to process the carbs that we eat and yep. the chocolate that I love and, you know, the sugary drinks. And yep. even though you, we think we're eating, a lot of women are like, well, I eat really healthy. I eat, you know, organic and I eat whole grain and I like dark chocolate and I use, you know, maple syrup, not sugar. And I use, you know, you know, I'm like, well, it's, yeah, <laughs> but still yeah. Yep. that was me. That was me. I, I was like, I eat healthy. And then yeah. I, that's, then that's part of why I fell in love with the ketogenic diet because mm -hmm. it is in an, it's the ultimate in insulin management, but it shouldn't be done all the time. So right. and it's um, the same with fasting. I found as I've gotten older, um, I, like I was saying earlier that when I go, when I do a 16, eight or 10, 14 with, with fasting, I just, I know I do better and I feel better. And I know as I continue to get older, like I said, I'm almost 43. I'm every day I look at my dark chocolate and I'm like, is it today? Can I not, <laughs> is it today that I can't eat you? <laughs> right. You know? And then, and our liver changes. So when it comes to like, like, like wine, wine is a big one, right? A lot mm -hmm. of women enjoy a glass of wine and then they'll tell us I, I can't drink wine anymore. Right. I can't sleep. It brings on hot flashes and night sweats. I feel like it's called contributing to my skin and my weight gain. Like it is, I'm sorry to tell you it is. Yeah. You could totally process it fine in your twenties and thirties. Usually 
Yep. And then you hit your 40s and 50s and like, oh gosh, I'm sorry. And why why is that? Is that just because the, the liver is toxic by that point or you it's know, breaking down estrogen or? That's a really good question because I do have women that quote, get it back. They get the ability back. I've yeah. had tons of patients over the years who went through perimenopause with me as their doctor and then came out the other end. And they're like, hallelujah, I can drink a glass of wine again. I don't have hot flashes and it doesn't affect mm. my sleep. And I'm like, is it an enzyme thing? Is it a transition thing? Is it a blood sugar thing? Is it all the above? I, I don't know. There's not a lot of research into why perimenopausal can't, women can't drink, shouldn't, and, and the symptoms yeah. they get because of alcohol. But yeah. Um, it's, and that's another like horrible curse. Like, thank you. Our, you yeah. know, we've got a teenagers, <laughs> aging parents, like high performing jobs and freaking alcohol. It doesn't even work for yeah. us anymore. Like, thanks a lot. I know. Even though like, um, I got a bottle of, um, it's like low, you know, low glyphosate, you know, oh, yeah, one dry farm. Wine. It was not, it wasn't dry farm. It was something else. And I wish I could remember who it was. Cause I would give them a, give them a shout out. My friend Tyler rec- recommended it. Anyway, so, um, and I was like, uh, maybe, I, maybe I can have a glass of wine. This would be great. Nope, kept me up. I'm like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> Still alcohol, right? At the end of the day, is what I tell women, especially if you're struggling with estrogen-related issues, like estrogen and alcohol and the liver, you know, they don't play well together. And so, uh-huh. and alcohol wins. Alcohol will win the race for processing and estrogen gets pushed to the back and then your PMS is worse and your you weight gain from that and, you know, moodiness and heavy periods and... So, yeah, and yeah. On, so on. So, what, yeah. tell me the HPA access. Let's what what part of that, other than just overusing your adrenals, what part of that does toxins play a part? Uh, Huge. You know, yeah. yeah, everything from the brain down actually, because toxins affect the. So the uh, the whole your whole stress cascade starts at the brain. We always talk about the adrenals. I have adrenal fatigue. Right. My adrenals are tired. It's like no, unless you actually have what's called Addison's disease, which is the true autoimmune where the adrenals are tired and they do shut down. Um, everything, the communication starts at the brain and toxins affect the brain. So they're going to affect the part of the communication center in your brain that sends the signal to say, make cortisol, you know, or at a, at a proper time, it'll affect the rhythm. And a lot of these toxins look like estrogen. So Mm. these toxins will affect our estrogen, which just puts more, you know, stress on the body. And again, that affects the liver, which puts more stress on the body. And then you know, affects blood sugar. So then now cortisol has to get involved because cortisol plays a big role in blood sugar and the cycle just goes round and round. So toxins can absolutely affect how our stress system sets off. And the toxins affect our immune system. Cortisol is extremely um, important for our immune system. Immunity, you know, it's very anti-inflammatory to a point. Um, And so we, it's, yeah. Yeah, one of the things we do a lot in our clinic is heavy metal detoxing. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the one thing that really helped my insomnia when I was like 43, 44, mm-hmm. um, was just go- realizing that my heavy metal load was really high and getting that out. And all of a sudden I started sleeping again. Yes. But, pr- but prior to that, I was like, you would like my, you know, if a, if a teenager was downstairs chewing their cereal and I was trying to go to bed, I'd come down like, who the, who the flipping A is chewing down here? You know, it's like nothing. Yeah. I could not sleep for anything, but toxins saved me and detoxing that and getting yeah. that out. So that's incredible. I don't yeah. know that I've heard that yet. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, again, if you go back and you look at pituitary hypothalamus, pineal gland, there's yeah. no protective barrier. So, and as our hormones are going up and down, many toxins like lead that gets stored in bones mm-hmm. will actually come out of those bones, go into the bloodstream, go up to those vulnerable areas. Yeah. And then they, they change our whole cycle. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle, but if for many women, it can be like that thing that just like yes. gives them their life back. So, um, so we we are big fans of detoxing in, yes. in general. And as, I think the woman going through menopause really needs, to, uh, along with managing her stress and managing her insulin, and yes. detox has to be a right. piece of it. And so sleep. You mentioned the pineal gland, which um, you know I feel like so many women, especially as they hit their forties, obviously sleep 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 and weight. I've gained weight and I can't sleep or like the number one and number two here, right? All the time. And I, and obviously hormones, heavy metal, so many things get in the way of that. But at the and, um, I find that a lot of women really abuse the sleep hygiene thing and, and abuse is a strong word, but they're like, oh, I can work. I can get a second wind and work. I can make sure the kids are in bed and then I can work from like eight to 11 or nine mm. to midnight, you know, or I can, I'm going to, I need to, I need to relax. I'm going to stay up and watch Netflix and 
I'm going to watch these things like right now, people are watching the news, which I don't necessarily recommend, but you know, normally people are like, okay, I just need some downtime. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to be on my screen. I'm going to be scrolling social media. I'm going to, you know, do all these things. And then they think when they're ready for bed, they can just go to bed. And it turns out as we get older as women, we can't, like we really Mm -hmm. have to be mindful of our melatonin production, which happens at dark when it gets dark out. Mm-hmm. And getting cortisol down at night and, you know, working on relaxing and calming activities, calming things of which the news is not one of them. I was but just going to say, so watching, <laughs> watching the presidential address at eight o'clock is probably not a great idea. Probably yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely want to talk about the Dutch test because um, you're the expert in it. And I also, we do so many Dutch tests in our clinic. And I feel like a, a fortune reader or an astrological reader when I get one of these tests back because I can sit with somebody. I mean, and we have Dutch is for both men and women. Yeah. And, I, and I can say, you know, you're not sleeping. You're, it can't relax in your body. Like you, that test is a freaking miracle. And I feel like, I feel like we need to get it in every woman for sure, because of the estrogen metabolites and what it shows there, methylation pathways. So talk a little bit about this test and help, help me in my cry for all women getting (laughs) it for all women taking this darn test, because we could stop things like breast cancer and ovarian cancers and things. If women had a better idea of where their hormones were at. Yeah. Even just understanding where their hormones are at probably help like save marriages. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> make, just make people like more energy and more pleasant and easier periods and, you know, just all, all the things for sure. So it's a, it's, um, Dutch is an acronym for those who don't know, it stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So it's these pieces of filter paper that you urinate on four times in the day. So it's not saliva per se. It's not a blood draw. It's not a stool test, which I often will get asked as well. Um, it's literally like kind of like a pregnancy test. You just urinate on this little piece of paper four times in the day. And what it gives you, just like you were saying, is all the hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEAS, cortisol, melatonin. But it also gives you what are called metabolites. And so when you have a hormone, it's nice to know where does it go? Like after you make estrogen, where does your estrogen go? And so it's nice to see the phase one and the phase two part of your detoxification. So I can say, look, you have a higher risk for potentially developing breast cancer or, oh, here's why your PMS is so bad because you can't get through phase one or phase two detox and therefore your estrogen just circulates and circulates and circulates and causes all sorts of, all sorts of problems. Same for testosterone. I can say here, you know, oh, here's why you have so much chin hair and cystic <laughs> acne on your jaw. Like you're going down the pathway that causes it. And it's really nice to show women like, no, it's not in your head. I have a pathway right here and yours is upregulated and let's do something with your diet, your lifestyle, and maybe some supplementation to to course correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I found is that so many women just kind of breathe a sigh of relief when we show them they're Dutch Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, thank you. Like you get me like, thank Mm -hmm. you. So Mm -hmm. it really is an an incredible test. What what about women that are on HRT or bioidenticals? Do you recommend they take the Dutch test? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it just, we have a lot of people that will do it because they'll want to see again, are they going down the right pathway? Do they, are they on the right dose? And so, um, do they need to add in more hormones? You know, some women will start slow, right? They'll say, well, I just want to try progesterone. I don't, you know, and so they'll do, they'll go on progesterone and then maybe three or four, six months later, they'll retest and, and, and some things are better, but not all. And we're like, you know, maybe we should try DHEA now, or maybe now it's the time to add an estrogen. And, and so, or maybe not, maybe we're like, hey, yay, look, everything looks great. This mm-hmm. is working. Keep doing it. So yeah, um, yeah you can test well on HRT. And, okay. And how often do you recommend a woman does the Dutch test? So I'm it's very specific um, on to the person itself. And so I say, um, if you are stable, everything's great, doing great, you know, maybe once a year, especially if you're on HR, uh, hormone replacement therapy. Um, and if you are if you just started a whole bunch, like a treatment plan, supplements, diet, lifestyle, what have you. Um, and then I generally recommend three to six months later. So if you get to the three month mark and you're like, yeah, I feel better, but not great. Uh, then I would test. And if you hit the three month mark and you're like, nailed it, I feel amazing. This is good. Keep writing it out. And maybe at the six month mark, just to make sure, um, mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah. So what do you, I, I yeah, that's, 
That's that's a that's good. I've been doing like six months to a year, but I yeah. like that three month mark. Yeah, um, the three month is specific. Like you, you know, like clearly things need to change, right? Like like this working, but not 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 great. I'm like, ooh, let's see where where we missed. Let's go back. Yeah, awesome. And then of course we're talking about it for um, menopausal women. The, my mind thinks of it for menopausal women, but this is a <laughs> test. This is a test for everybody. And I have yeah. a twenty. I have a twenty year old daughter, and I've been thinking about running it on her. Mm-hmm. Um, what What's the youngest age you would run 12. it on? The wow. youngest age are um, we have we have um, uh, so our reference range goes down to eighteen, but we actually can test down as young as twelve. We highly recommend though that they've had some a uh, couple periods under their belt. So she's 12 and just getting into puberty and hasn't had a period yet, but she's, you know, moody and all the things. I'm like, don't do it because it's changing literally by the day, which you can mm-hmm. judge by her mood symptoms. Wait until she's had a few periods, three or four, and then do the Dutch test. But if she's 12 and she's, you know, I've had doctors are like, well, she's 12 and she's had a period for a year. I'm like, she can do it. She can yeah. test. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. We very rarely, very rarely will have like precocious puberty. We'll have a nine-year-old, even a six-year-old will test. Um, we don't have the reference ranges for that though, but sometimes the doctor oh. will want to know their cortisol. They'll want to know um, melatonin. They'll kind of want to know some other things. And so they'll choose to do the Dutch anyhow when with somebody that young. And because it's a urine test, it's often, it's easy, right? So easy. Girls don't want to get their blood drawn. That's scary, but they're yeah. like, tell them to pee in a cup and it's pretty like straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can just dip the strip. So mo- moms find it easier. It's super easy. You just have to remind yourself when you do it. I had to like let them all dry out in, in my office and I had to just let everybody know, like don't go in my office right yeah, now. Don't, like, don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah, cause they are strips and you do have to let them dry for 24 hours. So yeah. You do it at home. Just be careful of kids and cats and dogs and, you know, it just, that's right. You do have to set them out, let them dry. So, yeah. Okay. And what about men? We have run several uh, Dutch tests on men. So yeah. Talk men about all, all ages. We have men that are 18. I've, I've, we have men in their eighties who run it because they're, you know, in a new retirement home and they want an erection. I'm like, good. You know what? Good for you. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great. I think so too. So yeah, men will run it. A lot of men will run it for, um, you know, energy, you know, mood, motivation, weight gain as yeah. well, erectile issues, fertility. Um, we have a lot of men that will run anxiety, depression, can't sleep. It's all the same women. Same reasons. Thing. It's all the yeah. same exact reasons. Men yeah. get hormonal too. They're just less likely to admit it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of athletes. We have a lot of, mm-hmm. um, professional NBA, NFL, NHL athletes that will run it because they are looking to get next level in their game. You know, of mm. course, it all makes a difference if they're, you know, if whatever androgens make a difference, of course, if somebody, we run a few organic acid markers, we run a B12 marker, a B6 marker, a DNA damage marker, glutathione. And so we will have sports teams that are like, yeah, we want to know all this. Just, just, you know, they get paid a lot of money to be these athletes and they, whatever edge helps them. Yeah. And this is, this is why I like, I think everybody should run it on. I mean, we should know what our chemicals are doing in our body outside of just the CBC that gets typically run up by your MD. Like, don't you hate that when you're, you talk to a patient and they're like, no, no, I got, I got blood work done. It's all normal. And it's a CBC, maybe a chem. Yeah. Maybe lipid. And you're like, that tells me nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was all normal. It wasn't even right. like in functional ranges. It's right. like, what? So yeah. yeah. And and actually talk, you bring up the blood test. I, I also get a lot of women that will say to me like, oh yeah, no, my OB ran, you oh, know, yeah. ran a test. And I'll say, do you know what day, uh, like, do you still have your cycle? And they'll say, yeah. I'm like, do you know what day of your cycle they ran it on? And like, no, yeah, they Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. Tuesday. Yeah. No, I just went to the lab. I went in and they told me. So explain why you do it during a certain window. Yeah. So any hormones you draw, any hormones, not even Dutch testing, blood draw, saliva test, urine test for hormones, doesn't matter. If you still have a cycle, you want to do it in the second half of your cycle. So you're looking at like days 19, 20, 21 of a 28 day cycle. If you know when you ovulate, some women know, some women are tracking, some women can tell. Um, then it's technically it's five to seven days after that. So when you, so I tell women, if you're tracking ovulation or you feel, you notice mucus changes, you get little twinges, then that's the day you ovulate five to seven days later, do the hormone test. The reason is your progesterone should be at its peak point then. And we are trying to test estrogen and progesterone at a very specific time in your cycle um, to see if you ovulated for real and then how much progesterone do you make? If you test early, if you test like 
the third day of your period. You do not make any progesterone then. It should be very, very low. And it tells me nothing about your ovulation, which is really important for women um, for lots of reasons, which you talk about. And so- That's why. Now there are other there are other tests um, that Dutch doesn't run, but like some women will run like an FSH follicle stimulating hormone. You do that on day two or three of your period, and so I have like you, I have women that are like, well, my FSH is whatever. Like, well, when did you get it done? They're like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yeah. ah, you know, like I don't know. And so that it's it is yes, hormones go up and down, and yes, you can be different months to month to month. And so I tell women, um, if you were the same every month, if you, you know, if you, if your PMS is the same every month and your periods are heavy every month, if you get a migraine every month, then you're probably about the same. If you don't, um, like, let's say, you know, every second month you get migraines or every third month, you know, it is your tracking, you know, some women are really good at tracking. You want to test on the quote bad month because we want to see where you are mm. when you're at your worst. Okay. And the reason for that is that the ovaries are sisters, not twins, which I, I get it. Like, twins or sisters, but you know what I mean? Like they don't have to do the same thing, right? They righty and lefty can do different things. And therefore that'll, that can make, you know, the month of March different than the month of April. But most, a lot of women are fairly consistent or go back and forth, or maybe have two months or three months the same, and then it'll flip. And then two or three months the same, and then it'll flip. And I'm like, Oh, you're just probably switching ovaries. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And why do you think OBs don't do this more? I mean, you guys, you, working at precision analytics, you probably yep. get a lot of OBs, but I, the people we that don't. I get, oh, you well, don't? We, we get functional OBs, but we don't okay. get traditional conventional OBs. And I just training, it's just their training uh-huh. and they don't have a lot of time to spend with patients, right? When you're, when you're OB and you're seeing 30 patients a day, you don't have 30 yeah. minutes to go over a Dutch test with them and explain yeah. everything. And even REs, reproductive endocrinologists don't either. We, I get, we get asked, we have a fair amount of fertility um, that run uh, practitioners, but not necessarily like a fertility clinic or a reproductive endocrinologist. And the same thing, they're not trained and they're very, they're very blood oriented and they have a very, um, you know, they have a playbook, right? And that they have, a, they have, they draw your blood. And unless you are if you're letter A, then you go down this path in the playbook. And if your progesterone is letter B, then you go this way. And, and it's, yeah. it's very Bad. controlled. And, and unfortunately, um, I think time has a lot to do with it. I think a lot mm-hmm. of OBs would love to spend 30 minutes. And I think a lot of OBs are really mm-hmm. fascinated by this and would really like to be able to do this. But when insurance dictates otherwise and you're running from patient to patient, it's really yeah. Unfortunate. So yeah, yeah, I don't blame them. I think it's just time and training. Yeah. It does take a lot of time to read that test. Mm-hmm. It, it, there definitely is like a, ro- let's roll up our sleeves. Here we go kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. So this has been great. And I, again, I just uh, so grateful for the information that you're putting out there. I'm so please tell the people at Precision Analytics that we just, <laughs> I will. we love the Dutch test. And I tried to get up to your guys live event last year, but it was my 50th birthday. And so I I was like, go to Sedona or go to a Dutch to the Dutch fest. Yeah, but I was like, ah, yeah. like as much as I love studying hormones, I think I'll go to Sedona. Yeah. So, but um, let's end on this. I always love asking my guests if you and today it may be a little different, but if you had one message for the world, hmm. like if there was one thing you could pour from your heart to tell the world, what would it be? Yes. So it's, I, um, I wish I could remember her last name. I take no credit for this. I heard a woman, she's a, um, her name is Christine something. I feel terrible, but anyway, she was doing, I was listening to one of her webinars and she's very, she's an energetic worker. And she said, healing happens at joy, right? When you look Mm. at the levels of, of like anger and, and fear and, you know, they're all down, they're all down here. Right. And then Mm -hmm. as you move up and then you get to, you get to joy and then you get to love and, you move sort of, you know, up in your radiance. And she said, you know, healing happens at joy. And so mm. I'm like, oh, and I literally journal. I write, it's one of the affirmations I write. And so I'm like, healing happens at joy. And then I'm like, I find joy. I am joyful. I, you know, I look for joy. The world brings me joy. And so if, especially in this day, especially with everything going on right now, if you can find a little bit of joy, even if it's the most hilarious meme you've ever seen. And that's what brings you two seconds of joy in your day. Like healing Mm -hmm. happens at joy. And so find the joy, look for the joy and be joyful. 
radiate the joy and then, you know, get joy in your life. Uh, I love that. When you find her name, I'm going to, I want to quote it, send it, send it to me. So we give her credit. She's a speaker on Mind Valley, mindvalley.com. It's terrible. I can't remember her name, but yeah. It'll come to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll find it and send it to you. Send it to me. So, cause I, cause I, uh, Will Cole, you know, he wrote Keto, uh, Keto Terran. He had a statement that I love that was, you can't heal a body that you hate. Yeah. Gosh, that's good. And it's like, those are like really help put all of this in perspective. So, yeah. So, but you're awesome. And again, I just am going to encourage everybody to go to your Instagram and to stalk you and and find you there and your message. (laughs) So, yeah. So thank you so much. And we'll pass this on to our group and make sure everybody gets this really powerful information. So thank you. So grateful for you. you. Uh Uh-huh. That's what resetting is all about.